Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Brendan Carley, Managing Director and Co-Founder of FinSkill Technology. How are you doing, Brendan? Hey, how are you doing? And thanks for having me on the show. No problem, glad to have you. Think a bit about what actually uh, FinScale technology does. Yeah, well, we've been involved in the remote and home working space for quite a long time now, and um, we've developed software that enables employees to work securely from home using their own personal machines as opposed to a, a corporate device. And um, our main product is a secure remote worker, and it's a software only solution. So there's no shipping of hardware or, or, or any of that required. And um, Yes, so we're the only company in the world that can offer this type of software-only product at the moment. And, um, yeah, so it's been it's been pretty busy the last wee while. And the software, is it SaaS-based or, or how does it work? Yeah, we, so we charge on a per-user, per-month basis. And um, I know we're going to discuss business processing, outsourcing, but we've been working for quite a number of years in that space who uh, they would have had thousands of workers um, working at home. So we, we built up quite a, a level of expertise in that area. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's been interesting. Yeah, and is your software uh, Windows and Mac-based or what, what, what are we going to use? So, yeah, we're... we're Windows based and um, primarily that's down to uh, a number of factors, but the, the cost of the machine is probably the, the main one. So yeah. a lot of our customers, as I mentioned, have, uh, you know, in, you know, pre-COVID would have had a couple of thousand uh, people working at home. And the challenge that the, these contact centers and BPOs have had was they were shipping hardware. And you can imagine, you know, it's not only the cost of the procurement of the hardware, but the shipping, getting the right software. And because, you know, um, they're serving kind of financial clients and, and health clients, and there's a lot of compliance of PCI, HIPAA compliance, and obviously GDPR from a, from a European perspective. So we developed software that, that instead of them, you know, posting out hardware machines to these people, and um, that they're able to push software to their personal machine and temporarily lock down that machine to being a clean corporate device, giving the user a, a kind of a, a standard user experience to access the, uh, the resources that the, the, the BPO or, or their end customer wants them to utilize while they're working. And then when they log off, the um, secure mode worker you know, goes away effectively and the user can access their own machine again. So um, obviously, there's huge savings uh, in terms of hardware, etc. But there's also a kind of a, a, a recruitment benefit there in that, you know, as soon as somebody's re, re, you know, starts their role, starts their job, they're able to start almost immediately rather than waiting for, for hardware to come into the post. And then, obviously, in COVID-19, the scenario, you know, a lot of the business continuity plans that these companies had, you know, were, weren't you know, pandemic proof, so to speak. So, you know, obviously distribution systems in terms of hardware um, slowed down. It was very difficult to acquire hardware. In some cases, you know, shops closed, so people weren't able to 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 acquire the necessary um, the necessary hardware that, that that was required. So, obviously, uh, the, our demand in, in, increased in that time. So you got your software in a way, it could be like a virtual machine. 
Yeah, so it, it, it depends. So when it goes, when the when they lock down um, their their personal device, they could be accessing um, you know a virtual environment or a web environment, or indeed uh, with our product, they could access apps um, that are hosted on the local machine, yeah. but w- wouldn't have any data um, post logging off. So it really depends on on, on what the BPO and or their end customer wants that 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 particular individual to work on right. um yeah so gotcha now in this covid 19 world your software season of how businesses to continue to work have noticed a bigger uptake in your software been used yeah i mean it's you know i i think by the end of 2020 we'll have seen a six or seven fold increase in terms of the numbers of users um and i think that you know we'll probably double in terms of the numbers of employees we yeah. So, look, we've been very lucky. There's so many businesses that, that are, are having such a tough time of it, but um, we're, we're in the lucky position to be able to help a lot of businesses, you know, transition to that work-at-home, uh, remote working-type scenario. And, and I think it's important to add as well that, you know, this is not normal home working or remote working. You know, there's an awful lot of us, including our, our, ourselves and my own family, who are, who are also undergoing, aside from the homeworking experiment, a homeschooling experiment yeah. at the same time. So um, I think, you know, it's, it is challenging for people and um, it, is, it is an experiment. Uh, but yeah, it's so we're, we're, we've been very, very lucky in that regard. But yeah, there, there's, there's been a very large uptake um, in, in terms of our software. And I think that might stay, because I think homeworking is going to be part of our permanent lives. Yeah, and look, I suppose you know, there's this whole how how is how are we all going? What is going to be the new normal? And I'm not a particular fan of that phrase. I I think you know it's important first of all to look at the short term challenges. There's there's several assumptions being made, you know, as we we come out of lockdown, and there's this assumed immunity. Yeah. I think is 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 one challenge. Um, that hasn't been fully proven yet. Um, I think it will be, but it has not been fully proven. And I think there's this sense of, you know, a vaccine is inevitable, uh, which of course it's not. So um, I think we really need to reimagine how the office is going to work and how our work is going to, to, to work, so to speak. And if you look at the stereotypical reasons why, you know, remote working and home working in the past, you know, never really went up, um, you know, beyond a small percentage. There was a, there was belief systems in, in management around, particularly around productivity and security. And I think this pandemic has proven that, you know, productivity is not an issue when people work from home. In fact, it does go up and that, you know, that is, you know, proof to the, to the academic studies that have been done, done in the past, and this experiment has proven that. And I think also the, the security, from the security perspective, um, the technology is out there now, and we're, we're one of the last pieces of that security jigsaw, uh, you know, the endpoint piece, um, where people can work, you, you know, security from home. So, so I think, in, you know, in, in the medium term, and what we're, we're hearing from BPOs and... Um, you know, and from their customers is that anywhere from twenty-five to forty percent of people, you know, will be will be working from home on an ongoing basis. And I think we will see that reflected throughout the broader 
kind of working uh, working environment. Um, and aside from the personal benefits, you know, and and indeed the obvious business benefits, um, there's the practical challenges, some of which I alluded to earlier. And, you know, if you have an office of X size and suddenly you have to put in social distancing, you know, of two meters, well, you know, the, the footplate of your office is going to increase quite a lot, yeah. you know, so that's just a, an immediate challenge straight off the bat um, that, will, that will have to be met. And, um, yeah, but I mean, look, there are a lot of personal benefits. You know, I've, I've really enjoyed working from home. I've, I've worked from home previously, uh, and a lot of our guys always work from home. But um, certainly, I think the feedback from our kids is that they've enjoyed having us all at home, and, and, and that's, that, that's definitely a personal benefit. Yeah. But I mean, from a, from a business perspective, you know, generally work from home, there's the obvious reduced real estate costs. And, um, you know, there's lots of research, obviously, that shows uh, the level of, that that would be. And that would be a challenge, particularly in Ireland, to the, to the, um, to the property sector. I think as well, you know, it'll be, make easy, people easier to hire. I mean, since the lockdown, we've hired two or three people and we've, we've another two or three to come yeah. in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, so, I mean, look, I, w w one of the things is I, I think we, you know, in a more general sense, we'll have to reimagine the office and, and the purpose, you know, and, and the purpose of the office yeah. because it's not just going to be where we all go and sit, you know, um, as, as we've said, there's challenges with that. So I think, look, there'll be more of a hybrid model being developed where people will work on both. Um, I think it's important that this will be down to the individual and not necessarily mandated by companies i mean we've seen where it's been mandated for example two days at home three days in the office pre-covid and it's not been as successful because i think the individual really wants to wrap their work around their life i think companies are are finding that if they allow them to do that they'll get more productivity um from their employees in every sense you know yeah. um and loyalty so it's not just about where you work, but having a flexible approach to how you work. And as as jobs become more quantifiable, objectives, key results, you know, as you, as you can quantify them in those ways, um, then it, it's easier to allow people have that flexibility. And, you know, there's been lots of talk as well about trust. And, you know, the question that I would have is if you don't trust somebody from, to work from home, why would you hire them at all in the first place? Yeah, you know that that that's the reality. I mean, like we've had a lot of our, our guys uh, who've worked flexibly. Um, some would say odd hours, non nine to five hours, either because it suits their family life or they just work better that way. And we've always been sensitive to it. And I suppose look, we're we're in that space. And I think as well, you know, there's the broader issues around the positive environmental. And community impact. Yeah, um, I've certainly seen it in my own community. I'm, I'm seeing my neighbours more. Um, some of them are, are cocooning, so we've been help, ha helping out on that. But then, from a broader perspective, people are travelling less. There's yeah. less traffic on the road. That has a big positive impact. Um, I think the possibility for remote and home working for having a positive impact on the rural communities. Um, needs to be quantified and needs to be realized from an Irish perspective. I mean, there's no reason why, you know, if we're trying to attract a multinational to come to Ireland, 
why we have to get them to to have a building here. You know, um, they could just hire remote workers here and we could incentivize the hiring of those home workers, remote workers, and only incentivize hiring outside of Dublin or or west of a yeah. certain point or, 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 or something like that. And look, that brings us challenges around broadband, etc. But I think, you know, th- those are challenges that are, are not insurmountable. And I know we, we work with one BPO in, um, in the UK and they have a, 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 a stated policy that um, the number of, of workers with, uh, who will be classed legally as disabled, um, that their numbers of home workers actually reflect the national average, you know, a number of people who are disabled. So yeah. if you look at even that community, you know, a lot of their challenges sometimes is around getting to and from the office, if that yeah. makes sense. Whereas if they're able to work in their own home, it opens up a lot of opportunities for those people as well. You're also as well thinking in the long term, you might get networking hubs where you can have hot gas space. And if, if you're li- all living in a small town, like say you're in Port Leash and you work in Dublin, mm-hmm. if you can get employees in Port Leash working together in, in a hot gas space area, it's going to be safer as well for them, cost wise well, and all that. I- Absolutely, and there is there is a broad network of third level colleges who already have startup centres, and yeah. I I have long made the argument pre COVID that that network needs to be expanded to look at remote working hubs for for these areas, and indeed you know working with um, the private sector in order to to build out that network, and that that will act as an attractive. Um, an attraction for for FDI as well as for for startups and 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 for for scale ups in Ireland yeah. and I think that having that mix of people in those environments is is very healthy from a from a business development. Yeah, because on Tuesday on a podcast I was talking to Vanessa Tierney, the co-founder oh, yeah, of, of Abadu, and she was saying that she's looking for more companies to use uh, hot gas space in local towns yeah. and keep yeah. the community alive. Yeah, and 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 I, I think as well it's important. You know, that's I, I would see that as a first step. Yeah. You know, while they're sorting out the broadband issues, that this could be a very strong first step, and uh, there is existing infrastructure that needs investment, but that could could be built upon. Yeah, because I'm thinking in the long term, if you're going up and down in the morning, two hours there, two hours back on a train or a bus, whatever it is, or a car, all that stress going to burn in the morning. Whereas if you can have that morning lying. And get up and be showered. So, time you've got to work in real time. You're just up now. You've had the shower and you're ready to start work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like when we when we started the business, we we we've been based out in in IADT, and and I don't live in the startup centre there. Yeah, I don't live too far away from there, and that was one of the the biggest positive changes from starting one's own business is that, is that literally I was 10, 15 minute walk down the road rather than sitting in traffic for all that time every day. And, and that, that changes your life, you know? Yeah. For me, I live in Stuck, Stuck Docks area. So a lot of events I go to, I can walk to in about 10 minutes. So I'm very lucky with that. Or if the further away, I can get Lewis or I can get a dart, but normally it's locally, which is great. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I can see yeah. that. I can see the, the attraction of trying to live near where you work. Yeah, and you know, I, I, you know, on the home working thing as well. I, you know, there are models that have been working for quite a long time. As I mentioned, we've been working with BPOs, you know, primarily out of the US, but you know, they all have operations all around the country. So, yeah. Teleperformance is a company that that is one of our global clients. They're in over eighty countries, and you know, 
Um, we have another clients who literally overnight had to move 40,000 workers out of buildings in, in, into their home and secure the endpoints. So um, going back to kind of the short-term challenge, you know, and we, we talked about, you know, there's this assumption around immunity and the inevitability of a vaccine. You know, the, the initial COVID-19 wave is, is dissipating, but, you know, a lot of these companies are planning for it to come back mm-hmm. and you know business continuity plans in the past were were effectively defined by 911 yeah you know they were you know you you had a, another building where you sent everybody to it because there's been an instance elsewhere and you know you hand out hardware and really you know this this, this challenge did not you know the, 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 those plans did not stand up to this challenge yeah so you know Companies are going to have to think about how they're going to do their business continuity in the future. And I think Ireland as a country, um, you know, I'd like to see Ireland have, have a goal of being the most, you know, friendly, remote and home working country in Europe. And yeah. I think that's well within our grasp with, you know, a level of investment that would, the return would be tenfold. Yeah, I think no, you mentioned 9-11, but I remember when it happened in America, New York, the financial sector closed down and they moved all their IT staff across to New Jersey. And to yep. this day, they're still working there. They haven't mm-hmm. been back. So I can yep. see remote working is going to be the exact same thing. You're going to put them somewhere and say, you either work from home or we're going to have remote working hubs that you work from in your local town. I, I think the other point I'd make about remote working hubs is, you know, even if you just look at our, our, our cohort of staff, you know, some people live in small apartments. Yeah. They don't necessarily want to sit in their apartment the whole day. So a, a, a hub will suit them. Yeah. Whereas you have other people who have that spare room or are willing or can put a, you know, a, a cabin in their garden, um, a shomer, as we say, yeah. in the garden and, and, and work from there. So I think the government needs to, to get creative about this, you know, allow people put shomers in their gardens and, and charge that to business. That's just, you know, one yeah. minor small thing that could be done um, to facilitate yeah, you know, the current and, crisis and the and the fourth and the coming crisis. Yeah, and the other way is that we're going to get a second wave probably later later this year. And mm-hmm. uh, right now we've got we're now getting used to the fact that we're not working. So when the second wave hits, we're prepared for that. So by using stuff like software, you, you you're supplying it makes sure that the companies are more secure and comply with all regulations. Y- yeah. So you know we're. We help companies achieve PCI compliance, which is to do with credit cards, HIPAA compliance, yeah. which is to do with health health records, and 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 then obviously GDPR. And what we're seeing with a lot of the companies we're dealing with is they're really documenting the mistakes that have been made in the last eight or ten weeks, um, irrespective of how their plan worked or didn't. Yeah, uh, and they're preparing, you know, new plans for when for when it comes back, so that they're able to, you know be better, be more secure. Yeah. And I think there will be a security story, you know, that will come post this. We've certainly seen an increase in phishing attacks and those those kind of things. And, you know, I, I've seen some research that suggests about 40% of people are accessing company, to company resources from unsecured endpoints. And that is going to have quite an quite the impact when the the implications of that become clear yeah i guess one that i guess at the moment the authority is more or less letting people get used to more working so if there's mistakes made here and there they'll let it slide but when we see more and more breaches occurring they're going to come down heavy and say oh, sorry you've had time to deal with this 
Yes. Why haven't you done? Why haven't you dealt with it? We, we let you let away with it a couple of times, but now it's getting too serious. Yeah, and and even some of the, I was speaking with one company this morning, and they literally, you know, they did a mixture of use your use your personal machine or take the machine off your desk and leave the building. And you know, this, I mean, the the CTO was was very open. He said, I don't know where those machines are. There's thousands and thousands of them. He said, I don't know how I'll get them all back. Um, and we're helping with that. We have, uh, you know, Secure Mode Workers, one of our products, we have another product, Thin Kiosk, yeah. which is designed so that when it goes on the machine, you can't switch out of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know so um, so it, it goes on a company machine. And um, so we're seeing, you know, the use of both products in the context of planning for the next wave. Yeah, because I saw it today, an article in Forbes that we're saying within six months, we're going to have the world's biggest cyber attack. Yes. And I wouldn't be surprised because right now how we're working, companies are still not sure how to deal with this scenario. How do we deal with remote working? What do we do? If you got your bring, if you allow employees to use their own device because they can't bring their computers from work back home, because maybe in work they're using a desktop, sitting there at home with a, when they're using a using a laptop, how do you work with that? And I think this speaks to the the future business continuity planning that. You know, this is proven. If you don't have a remote and home working program standing and operating, yeah, it's it's almost impossible to stand it up overnight. Yeah, it's easy. It's much easier to scale it. I mean, you know, our existing customers uh, in the BPO space, you know, moved very quickly into scaling thousands and thousands of users. Yeah, um, within within a matter of days, you know, and. Um, Whereas those that didn't have a home working program, a standing operating one, um, they really struggled and it took them weeks to get it together and they're still getting it together. Yeah, because I, I can imagine that there's companies out there and they, and, uh, they haven't supplied staff, as I said earlier, with the right equipment or they haven't got it. So they're sitting home and they might have a very, very cheap basic laptop that just they use for home for, for the kids and family use. And that mm-hmm. won't be secure enough to handle what they're doing. Exactly, yeah. And you know, there may be keystroke loggers, etc. Yeah, those, those kind of things. And and once you log into your work environment, the, you know the passwords are compromised potentially, uh, and that's part of what we we stop happening. That we lock lock you out of your personal machine. You can only access your work stuff temporarily, and then when you log back off, you have your personal machine back. Because if you use it at home, your family machine, you got more than one user on that computer. And you can't guarantee what's going to happen with that computer when someone else is using it. Sure, exactly. And yeah. that yeah, would, yeah. would worry me if you got like a husband and wife are sharing the computer for their work basis, and then mm-hmm. you've got in the evening time their children want to go on YouTube or watch something else or do something on there. You don't know what's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then how, when you when they're going through compliance and you say we've got so many users, how do you say? Oh yeah, well my son and daughter was on there earlier doing some college work or or, or school work on the computer. Yeah, and, and look, I suppose that's that's the core of the challenge that we solve. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, and I guess with software, you're supplying is covering that base very well. Yeah, and I, look, it's for us, it's it's a constant um, innovation process. Yeah. So as things change, we're constantly bringing new new features to it. And um, we work very closely with our with our customers who who have thousands of users. So we're we're constantly ahead of the game. So yeah, I guess basically right now you're probably uh, 
hitting a, a lot of markets worldwide. Yeah, so, um, and look, our largest market would be the United States. Um, the Netherlands has always been a big market for us as well. We're over 99% exports. And as I said, uh, we're, we've got users in over 80 countries now. Uh, and that's, you know, within the COVID crisis, that's, signif- that's a significant increase. Yeah. And um, we've got our first users in China went online this week. And um, we have uh, an awful lot who went live in the Philippines this week as well. So it's, it's uh, yeah, we, we've gone global overnight, as they say. It, t- it took years to go overnight, but hey. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, yeah so it's it's very exciting times for us. Very yeah, exciting times. and I can see in the future your markets will grow because as this becomes a standard scenario where we've got COVID in our lives, we're going to see more and more remote working, so more and more countries will decide do you suffer like yours? Yeah, and look, we're, we're the only ones who, who can do what we do, software only. And, you know, it won't be long before we have competitors in that market. And we're very confident about the, the, the granularity of the features that we we offer. And we know how long it's taken us to, to solve the challenges, yeah. you know, of of turning basically a personal machine into a clean corporate machine temporarily. So it's it's a very complex process. It's taken us a couple of years. And, um, you know, we look forward to competition. Competition is a good thing. Yeah, but I guess at the moment, because you're actually ahead, ahead of the curve of everybody else, somebody comes in to do what you're doing, they're behind you by six months to at least a year, unless it's something like China, you can copy things instantly. Yeah, and, you know, I mean... As I, I always have the view that the competition is a good thing. Yeah, you know, and you'll have different different companies coming at it from different perspectives, um, and the perspectives are different industries. So nobody ever has the the full true answer um, to the needs of all the customers all the time. You know, so um, yeah, so it's 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 exciting times. Yeah, it's like iPhone versus Android. Without Android, iPhone wouldn't be what it is because they get lax because no one else to compete against. Yeah, and yeah. then with Android as well, you've got different factories offering known version and offering different things to the other manufacturers. You get like Samsung against against Huawei, for example. Often when Huawei's not for or LG or Sony, so all manufacturers are offering something different and unique, and you need that as well. Sure. Anything else without the podcast? No, just say thanks very much for having me. Um, I I'm an avid listener, and um, I've enjoyed a lot of lot of the other ones, and I hope the users have have. Or have gotten something out of this today and um, yeah right, thanks for be, that be, be safe yeah be safe um, Brendan have a, have a good day and enjoy the weekend and uh, spend time with your family when you get a chance as you know you're doing and that, that's great to have you won't get those moments indeed. again absolutely indeed it's yeah. very true right thanks thanks for your time thanks bye <laughs>